0: Galactica. Galactica. <laughs> I have two guests with me here today. Welcome to episode sixty-nine of the Craftheads Podcast. Do you want to? You want to toast right now? Tea? Is that yeah, what you want? I have to. You want beer, I have don't you? Beer. Okay, three toasts, three clinks. Boom. Boom! Cheers. I have with me here today Tara and neighbor James. Hello. Hi, Tara. Hello. <laughs> and we are going to talk about the 2004, right? Yes.
1: With, I think. I'll, I'll fact Fun check. From 2004 and
0: on. Yeah, exactly. Whenever it started. Reimagining of Battlestar Galactica. So we recently embarked on this journey. This was my second time through the show. I'd only seen it once before in college. So it's like, oh shit. Uh, eight years ago or something like that. It was in the middle of it. But... I, I really enjoyed the sh- I remember really enjoying it, and most importantly, I remember that it. I always told everybody that it ended well. So, on a whim, one night, a few months ago, we watched the pilot, and James and Tara really, really enjoyed it right off the bat, so the three of us watched it all the way through, and we're just gonna talk about it without any particular structure, but just what happens in it, the characters, our favorite things, etc., and keep in mind, obviously spoilers all the way throughout so if you've never seen it and you plan to watch it one day now might be a good uh episode to tune out on but uh even if you know stuff about it already it's it's a great show and a really good experience
1: yeah first off thank you for uh introducing us to it because it was definitely worth the time yeah absolutely it was a great show uh really enjoyed it there were several points where i think we all were uh uh struggling with keeping watching yeah and and we'll get to that chronologically but uh overall yeah it was definitely worth the uh the time investment and was
0: it worth your time investment tara oh yeah obviously you i think you you might have loved it the most i don't know you there were times when you were just like real real into it
2: well i guess considering that i never fell asleep
0: and we did two or three times easy yes i don't
2: and I, maybe I fell asleep once. But you guys fell asleep several times. And I was just right...
0: Yeah. yeah. So
2: sucked into the show.
0: Well, you're good at that, too. You you don't fall asleep during... Like, that's something that... I don't do it frequently, but every once in a while I do. I mean, I've mm. I've fallen asleep during video games before. But... So, that's something that I actually do frequently. You're really good about that. Before we continue, we forgot to talk about our drink. Mm. So, yes. I had a, a great idea... We have, we're, we did, uh, I did a movie cast with Friend Yali. We're doing a TV show cast now here with Tara and James on Battlestar Galactica. And we have, an up, we have another upcoming book cast. So one time with Tara and James, we did The Circle. And we have another book coming up. I'll leave it as a surprise. It's pretty random. It's an old book. But that's going to be great. Yeah. And I have another great, great drink for that as well. But for this particular one, we have Clown Shoes Beer galactica double ipa and i haven't even looked it up on beer advocate or anything like that i think it's excellent it's this is one of my favorite ipas very drinkable yeah and they have it's eight percent which is kind of crazy yeah it was they i think our local our liquor place that we always go to for beer wine liquor tower we've referred to it multiple times naturally (laughs) uh they have four packs on sale for like six bucks and these are the big pint excuse me Pint It cans. sounded like you said pint. <laughs> yeah?
2: In that verb,
0: yes. Perfect. Well, yeah, so cheers, guys, Uh, to yeah. Galactica Double IPA. But this shit yeah. is amazing. The the can is really neat looking, too. You can look at the episode image on Spotify. Uh, it's really sweet. Brewing
1: but, Boston and Windsor, Vermont, for anybody who's Thank
0: interested. you. Good call. So, you guys, when do you guys start? What is, let's give the listeners, for anybody who doesn't know what it is, what Battlestar Galactica is about.
2: Okay, I'll take this one. Nice. So, uh, a high level synopsis of the show: you have humanity living on twelve different planets in some random part of space, and they call those the twelve colonies. And humanity has created uh, artificial intelligence in machines, and they call them the Cylons. So, these android, you know, type beings, you know, have a civil war with the humans and correct me if I'm misplacing any of this timeline. Or, so there's a just civil a war. war or a war, yes, technically. <laughs> so there's a war between the humans and the Cylons and eventually the Cylons leave the planet and they go off into their own little corner of space. Forty years pass and the Cylons return to Earth and those twelve colonies, or yeah, not Earth, the twelve colonies, and just start wreaking havoc and, you know, just launching nukes at all these 12 colonies. And so they basically destroy all but 50,000 humans. They sh- destroy all of that humanity. Every Everything's dead. And then it's basically, I don't want to say a space race, but you have people that are survivors on ships in space. They can't live on these planets because of nuclear, you know, fallout. And they end up, fleeing and running away from the Cylons because they know they can't fight them and the Cylons pursue.
0: Yeah. And that's and, basically the
2: whole show <clears throat> is is, you know, that dynamic and then you see, you know, obviously interpersonal relationships and all that kind of Well, of stuff. and
0: in two very important aspects that sort of happened along your explanation are every year for 40 years that there is this set up neutral zone in space where it kind of, it's kind of Star Trekky actually like with the um Oh shit, I think the Romulans. But basically the the humans stay in their own space, but then they go to this neutral zone where there's it's like a big space vessel and it's supposed to be a place where the Cylons can come and meet with them to to, to, to discuss like an armistice or something like that once a year. And they never ever show up. And it's also important to note that when the Cylons were created, they were just big clanky metal robots. You know, yeah. they're very clearly Cylons. Right On that... 40th year or whatever it is after 40 years a Cylon shows up which that alone is unprecedented but it's in human form Mm -hmm. which that's that's the big thing in Battlestar Galactica Mm -hmm. is Cylons look like people now and they can't tell who's who obviously so that's
1: practically indistinguishable from people, totally even by medical standards right anatomically identical which is interesting and I'd like to ask you guys what is what was your opinion if you can remember uh, back to the first of the show. What was your opinion of the Cylons, and what side did you hold? Because I know that gets real muddy
0: real quickly. It does. I mean, I can tell you what you thought. Yeah. And you thought I had very Fuck the Cylons. Opinions. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. matter what, they're machines. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was that
1: was my uh, point of view from the first. Was no Cylons. Yeah. They should all be exterminated. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's <laughs>
0: it's hard for me. To answer that genuinely because I don't remember what that feeling felt like eight years that's ago when true. I first saw yeah, it. I know true. I know how I felt this time, but mm-hmm. I knew how the show ended. Mm-hmm. What about you, T?
2: I guess for me, you know, had the show only been one season and had they all been portrayed just in that very, very small window, I would have had the same... Because I, I felt that same way. I was mm-hmm. like, fuck the Cylons. No, no, no. They're all you know, a switch can flip in their head and they don't even know it. Like, and that's another thing to point out. Some of these human models of Cylon, because there was 12 models of, of Cylon, I think. And yes. some of them... I mean, uh, there are many copies. There are many <laughs> copies. So some of them, and, and you know, anyone who is going to watch this, you will see that there is a human model and you know it's a human model, but that person or that Cylon doesn't have any idea that they're a Cylon, and then all of a sudden, something will happen, or there will be a trigger, or whatever, and that Cylon will, like, turn on, or, or do agents. a command. Yeah, they're, like, Literally. sleeper agents, and, and and that's another dynamic in the show, too, is there are Cylon models embedded and in, dispersed inside the fleet, and, and all, it's just chaos, so at first, I hated them all, and I was just like, you know, oh, fuck you, mm-hmm. you're horrible, mm-hmm. and then you see how all of them develop, and, and it's really weird. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it still, and I don't know, maybe I have to, like, throw it around in my skull a little bit longer. But, yeah. like, you know, one of the things, one Cylon model, she, one personality of hers is in love with a certain person and is, uh, you know, married to a human. They have a, have a hybrid baby together, Um, and she's very loyal to the fleet and is a an officer or whatever she is. And then you have the alter ego of that person like this, like this. She, and she's a murderer. She hates the humans. She's trying to sabotage everything. So here you have the same exact model. And, and that's Boomer, right? Boomer. Yeah. Okay. So you have Boomer versus, you know, Sharon or whoever, whatever Who becomes
0: Athena. Right. Right. Yeah. So
2: you have, yeah, Athena and Boomer, whatever. It's crazy. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, so you have two different personalities and two different ideas existing in this one model and their consciousnesses are uploaded into whatever data stream that they have and they you know can resurrect if they get killed if they're within a certain proximity of it and you know that's one thing that I always was just kind of like confused on it's just like oh my gosh okay so how can you have you know one consciousness and then obviously you have those two different personalities develop it's just that was a weird part for me so it's like on one hand I really liked. Helo's, uh, I liked Athena. I liked her. I liked that she was like, you know, trying to be a valiant person and she like was taking that like code of military to like her grave. But then you have her like shadow is Boomer and Boomer's like, fuck all the humans, I'm a psychotic like, bitch. Just yeah. like being a crazy person. And that like, I didn't, I didn't know right. how that that didn't bleed through.
1: I, I think it was in a lot of ways the show breaks down what you think of as a human. And then kind of rebuilds it in a way, mm-hmm. like like you have these preconceived notions of this is human, this is robot, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and it really kind of clouds the water. And then in the end, everyone's kind of their own person, you know. And I, there's free will kind yeah. of reigns again. That's and that's a good cool.
0: that's a good summary because what I was going to say in response to Tara's uh, thoughts on it is that the way i took it away from the show is and if we didn't make this clear of the 12 models of skin jobs as they call them the the models that look like and are indistinguishable from humans there are innumerable copies of those models so for example boomer is a uh like a, a tan skinned asian woman and there are there, there's any number of them but they all look identical yeah here's the thing that model generally has a lot of the same traits and beliefs and things like that but ultimately every single copy is unique and capable of individual thought it's actually discouraged like you're supposed to always stick with your models thoughts and traits and beliefs but mm-hmm. they're all ultimately i are in or they're unique so depending on the experiences that they have and the things that they go through they they create those different you know they might change their beliefs or their views and have different memories and to further muddy the water simultaneously any other model can access another model's Mm -hmm. personality and memories and live through those things so it's like they're all the same but they're also all completely different right
2: yeah and i remember um that one interaction where you see that model talking to Hilo. And you know, Hilo's that's a human not human character, yeah. And so, Hilo um, is married to one of the Cylons, a specific Cylon named Athena. And you know, you see one of those models come up and, like, oh, I accessed Sharon's memories or whatever. And, like, I it, the way that she was describing that, it almost had like an air of taboo around it of mm-hmm. like, okay, like, if there's an existing model walking around you know, that model should be able to build in their memories in Bank of Memory Bank before it's uploaded or before someone else, right. you know, sneaks in and steals your stuff. And, like, you know, there's that hive mind kind of uh-huh. thought behind it. But that was one thing that was interesting. And I really liked at the end of the show when you see their ability to resurrect is taken away. That's how they become more human. So here you have, you know, 20 of the same copy... They can't resurrect anymore, so, you know, they have those same structures in their, whatever, it's not a brain, but whatever their beliefs are, whatever their tendencies are, they all still have that, but they can become their own person. So that was one thing that I kind of really, you know, liked
1: mm-hmm. that they expanded upon. Like, yeah, they're, that, like, they're faced with mortality, and it yeah. kind of shows, like, the how they... That's the most human thing about how, yeah, Exactly, yeah, yeah. and they, they, in a lot of ways, they, they transition. That might have even been... A point. Yeah. I would like to rewatch it for that purpose, to watch kind of how, they how they're how they react with that yeah.
0: specifically. Yeah, one that's of the things,
2: um, going back to your comment earlier, James, of like fuck all the Cylons, every single one of them <laughs> needs to die. Right. You see characters in the show that have that same exact everyone needs to die, like, no 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 there's no Cylons sympathizing, and one of them, excuse me, is a prominent character, his name's Colonel Ty. And so he's just this battle-hardened, old, alcoholic guy who's just... (laughs) He has a crazy wife who just sleeps around with everybody. And at the end of the show, big spoiler, he ends up being one of this sacred part of his final five Cylons. And so he is a human model of a Cylon. And here he is his whole entire waking life or whatever he's known of his life... And it's been 30 years or longer.
1: Right. right. Of serving the, the Galactica as the, uh, the second uh, in command. He, yeah. XO.
2: And, XO. And right. Executive up, officer. Yeah. He finds out he's a Cylon, and he's... I mean, try to like put yourself in that kind of a situation <laughs> where it's like you are the very thing that you loathe so much and you had no right. idea. And so And spent
1: your life in a way fighting against.
2: Exactly. And that's a real just watching how people develop in the show was right. very interesting to me. And right.
0: and it's cool whenever you look at the characters who do find out that they're Cylon, particularly the the sleepers and the final five as as they refer they're referred to at the end of the show, toward the end, is they they're always characters that don't have children, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's the most important thing, because that wouldn't make any sense, obviously. Now, later on, they they wind up having Cylons that uh, do have children. But the point is, it's you can sort of rule those characters out, for the most part, where there's some sort of a definitive backstory that would rule them out from being a Cylon. But somebody like Ty, you know, it's crazy that he served for decades in the military with uh, Admiral Adama, but... You, he would be a candidate for a non-human because he doesn't have any of those kind of ties, like children or something yeah. like that. Ties. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. who? I enjoyed
1: the guessing game of the whole show. Oh, yeah. The whole show, yeah. they keep you on your toes with who may or may not be a Cylon. And there's a lot of uh, little evidences that you might see and pick up on and say, oh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. you know.
0: And there's uh, a couple of people that are put under a microscope. Right. And then... There's some something that comes out that, quote, proves that they're not a Cylon. So you right. write them off, and then later yeah. on, they are... Like Tyrell, I think, is probably yeah. the best yeah. example. Because he right. beats right. the
2: shit out of Callie, mm-hmm. and then later marries Callie. But when he, he has this nightmare, in his nightmare, he wakes up. He's not conscious, but he wakes up, punches her in the face because she's trying to wake him up from the nightmare. And he's about to kill her, and then he comes to, and he realizes oh my gosh, w- what is happening to her? Why is she all bloody? And it was his fault. And you see him talking in a room.
0: With Cavil. With Cavill, yeah. who is a Cylon. Yes. And
2: he's like, I think I'm a Cylon. Like all this stuff. And he, he and he's losing it because he doesn't know if he's a Cylon or not. And that was one of the big things that you know was plaguing people. They're like, oh, everyone's second guessing. Oh, is my best friend a Cylon? Am I a Cylon? Are you a Cylon? And he's like freaking out. And then you kind of write him off. And he like... He's just large and bluff or whatever space in the middle. And then at the end,
1: he ends up being a Cylon. And it's like, holy shit. Was yep. Cavill the only Cylon model who knew the identities of the final five?
0: No, that would be, he didn't. He didn't. Um, right. It was, well, he might have later. He, he accessed, what's her face's memories? Oh, God. Lucy Lawless, the one who plays Xena, the warrior princess. Deanna. Deanna is the first of the base seven. That's right. To... Yeah. She keeps on intentionally killing herself because in the space between, quote, death and resurrection, she gets closer and closer to being able to see them in this, like, opera house vision. And she sees their identity and she keeps them a secret and ultimately Cavill and a few of the other models vote to box her model, basically put it in cold storage and later on i believe he does access that information and also is privy to the the final five models but cavill he's well, another thing that's interesting about him is he's the only atheist model because all the cylons uh, all the humans in the show they uh, they are polygamists no not polygamists that's um polytheists <laughs> that's <laughs> polytheists. multiple wives and um the the cylons believe in one god which, yeah. which is interesting because you, you see God, how yeah. things sort of diverge at the end, which we'll get to eventually. But uh, I, I lo- Cavill's actually one of my favorite characters in the show. I hate him. If, if I had to answer three three people, my favorite, like right off the bat I might have to think about this more. Mine would be Admiral Adama, Gaius Baltar, and maybe Cavill. I mean, like, he's frustrating, but I, I like Dean Stockwell. I think he's a cool actor. He's in yeah. a couple random things I like, including Stephen King's The Langoliers. Great movie. But who? What are you guys' uh, favorite? Cavill's death was. Oh. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you guys later your Shocking. favorite moment of the show. His was <laughs> arguably not only my favorite, but the f- no, actually, his wasn't my favorite. There were more his, satisfying ones. His was the funniest. The funniest. Was, I what, laughed what, what out is loud. This he literally goes, fuck, this. Fuck, yeah, "Fuck it or fuck this," and blows his head off in CIC whenever like the yeah. whole human Cylon truce. Falls up. It's the ultimate existentialist move. Yeah. He's and just like fuck this. Everything
2: falls apart, and he's just
1: like fuck it. <laughs> yeah. and it's like oh my god. It's real. We were funny. watching it
0: with your parents,
1: and I remember yes. I went, oh shit, yeah. And before I even realized, yeah. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, it was abs- oh it doesn't matter. Oh
0: my gosh, <laughs> absolutely <it was> <laughs> hilarious moment. Back to characters and then moments. Also, what are you guys' yeah. favorite characters off the top of your head?
1: Uh, characters definitely loved Gaius Baltar. Yep um admiral dama is great um i i want to say starbuck at times yeah she she could get annoying she finished
0: lot. the show well but yeah. for the majority of the show i actually hate her I, yeah really. i just can't stay i can't stand like that it's too on the nose the femme fatale stereotype it's like okay it, it's too much in that show i like
1: chief Tyrrell. For most
0: Dio's of great. the show. Yeah, I agree 100%. He, he got annoying a little bit when he shaved his head. Yeah, and, and he got, like, pissy with Adama. But, like, yeah. it was... It was good for his character. I
1: Yeah. Totally.
2: I think my top three, and I, I don't know, maybe this is by, I don't know, Admiral Adama for sure. Mm, of course. Laura Roslin. Yeah. And Colonel Ty.
0: Ty is another one of my those, favorites. Those call.
2: three people, mm. looking at yeah. them overall... Yeah, there are certain things where I'm kind of, like, looking at them, I'm like, well, Like, like, especially Laura Roslin. So she um, goes from, you know, the Secretary of Education uh, before this nuclear fallout and war, and then she... She was, is, like, 42nd in line. She was, like, 42nd or 47th <laughs> in succession. line, and she becomes the president. And she, so she's the president and trying to save and lead these 50,000 people through space to a new home. And... In the beginning, she's real stupid and annoying. And you're like, oh, a school teacher. And even one of the characters is like, oh, you're just... They're all like, are just... It's a running joke in the, you're in a in the school, show. Yeah, you're a school teacher. Yeah. And like, her transformation from what she went from to what she ended up becoming and where she got to, she had a really good character development. Um, For sure. Colonel, Colonel Ty, again, he's another one where he, you see him as this crotchety old bastard. And then he <laughs> and eventually is like... Yeah, and a drunk, mm-hmm. and then he's like, okay. He becomes a crucial person at the very end. Um, my I think my favorite I don't know if it's my favorite moment, but one of the moments in the show that uh like gave me goosebumps was at the end where Starbuck is disappeared. Like where she's having a conversation with Leah Dama and yeah. she's gone. She's not she doesn't exist. And so from She's her, revealed to be an angel. Yeah, so from her death in explosion where Lee saw her die, and then she came back and everybody saw her. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Kara Thrace."
0: Right. And
1: then
2: they land on the planet, and she all of a sudden just pfft, yeah is gone. Was, yeah, that was
1: amazing. Actually, her death too was yeah pretty um pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and then like whenever she comes back at the end of season three, and they're playing the the kooky version of "All Along the Watchtower," which yeah. is which is cool and yeah. simultaneously lame. But overall, I th- I think I like it. But um, one thing that I definitely want to amend on my statement. You nailed it. Ty would be in my number three slot. Mm -hmm. I love it. Ty, Adama, and Gaius are my three favorite characters, I think.
2: And I love Gaius. I was clouded by Um, the
0: hilarious death scene of Cavill. Gaius,
2: (laughs) for me, was one of the funniest characters. Um,
0: Can you you tell the listeners why all three of us loved him especially?
2: So Gaius Uh. Baltar... (laughs) And his character—he is a self-preservationist mm-hmm. in this entire show, and you—you you see him, and he's a very intelligent man, and he's very, very smart. I'll give him that. Um, Sounds right. He <laughs> starts off like, "How can I survive?" Because he—he's a rock star, whatever. But self-preservationist. How can he live? What can, what can Gaius Baltar do that makes Gaius Baltar? last another day and come out on top yeah. what what is in his best interest and Alex you are the real world version of guys baltar without the shitty qualities only
0: of... only give me this credit in the corporate working world
2: only in the corporate working world yes I, because... <laughs> I do
0: not have unilateral self-interest in everyday life but like at my old nine to fives it's how can I stay employed for another week
2: well and that I'll expand because we started the show and you were at your nine to five. Mm-hmm. And I remember, Toward the end of it. Yep. And I remember just what you would, like, I would text you throughout the day <laughs> and you were just like, oh yeah, I did this for four hours on my computer. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay.
0: And then but, good things yeah. would happen to me yeah, despite good my would efforts to, you. Yes. to, so, to the office. So we would watch this <laughs> show the and,
2: and you see Gaius in just a really shitty situation He's got this, like, crazed look of a cornered animal on his face, and all of a sudden he's the vice president. And it's just like, oh, my God, like, that's Alex. Because we would just, like, there's Alex.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. He has done nothing. He's in the right place at the right time. He says the right thing when asked. And all of a sudden, (laughs) boom, he has secured himself for longer. He has more responsibility he's not going to do. And he's still just kind of like, I don't, whatever. I have to keep the facade going in the whole entire show. You see Gaius in this this facade that he has and it's yeah. just it was so funny. It's
1: kind of it was kind of the joke that Gaius like tripped his way to the presidency. Yes, yeah, he trips and yeah. falls <laughs> and
0: is like 10 times above where he was and it's just oh, yeah. it's stuff just happens And we to we
1: him. were even calling you Gaius for a little oh, while yeah. there, weren't we? yeah. yeah.
0: cuz it's it's especially prevalent. I mean, it happens throughout literally the entire show, but it's especially prevalent in the first and probably second season. <laughs> yes. And you know it's just Right. And And even I, you know, I'm very self-aware, watching him explain things, like trying to explain something away to get somebody to get off his case, I was like, oh my God, that's me. I mean, I don't even know how many times I've done that in my my corporate nine to five jobs. Just like, I'll just use my silver tongue and buy myself some more time. And that's what it would, would happen every time with guys. It was absolutely hilarious. And yeah. he's got a great, the actor is James Callis. He has a, a beautiful British accent. He's, I think he's cool looking. I know you're sort of on the fence.
2: No, no. I, I think he's a, he's a decent looking guy. Yeah. It's just, in the show, obviously there's makeup and other effects. Cause he's always got like bloodshot eyes. And, and <laughs> he always looks his, terrified. His eyes are bugged <laughs> out and crazy looking and they're bloodshot. And he's like, he literally looks like he's either on drugs or like, Thinking he's about to die at exactly. every moment, <laughs> yeah, and so he just looks like a freak. But no, and he, he has a hundred
0: different looks because he has yeah. long hair, short hair, beard, no beard. And he's all over. um
2: no his 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 voice is great. He, he is also a voice actor on Castlevania. Yeah,
0: he's Alucard. Or
2: Alucard.
1: Gaius's character development is really cool, I think, because he kind of almost follows like a, a natural development in your human mind because he starts out as this scientist who's trying to make it by like uh he's betraying humanity and all that and then he he moves to like this political scene so he's like it's almost like he's seeking power and then uh throughout the show he transitions again and then he's like this Almost like this cult leader, yeah. and he like starts like diving into because this he's, like
0: religion. He, he starts back, he starts from and rock he, bottom because he's almost yeah. executed at one
1: point. Right, yeah. right, and it's it's almost like it's almost like the he's like a a painting of like this searching soul who's mm-hmm. like trying to find his purpose and his yeah. meaning and everything. And in the end, it, he does kind of resolve himself, and it's not so much something external. It ends up there. He almost embraces like kind of who he is and, uh, like with his visions and everything, mm-hmm. he kind of, um, they, they kind of, he kind of comes to peace with the visions yeah. and everything. It's pretty cool. And he, I he's, really liked it.
0: he's, he's a huge character. I mean, in a hundred ways, but he's actually completely inadvertently responsible for the Cylon's attack on humanity. He gives away the, the, he, he gives, uh, Caprica six, which is one of the Cylon models access to the security mainframes and she gets in. And then that is what facilitates the invasion of the Cylons. Yes. I should say genocide. I heartily
2: agreed. At one point in the show, and I don't know, you probably remember that, um, that one, the, the one guy that comes from like deep space, whatever. And it's shown that he, he was inside of a raider. He was a human inside of a raider and he was a prisoner In, like, one of their base stars or whatever. And you only see him for, like, one or two episodes. And he wants to kill Adama. They sent him, before the Cylons attacked humanity, they sent this guy to go behind enemy lines and spy. And so he went past the neutral zone and went into Cylon territory. And as soon as he got in the territory, you know, he is basically, like, left for dead. In the base, in and Battlestar Galactica like jumps away, you know, whatever it is. They basically leave this guy there. And I actually think the whole entire Cylon war was started by that command given to Adama. Adama obviously carries it out because right. he does what he's told. Well, he does what he told because he's in the military and that's what you do is you carry out your orders because that's your job. And so Adama did this, you know, this person volunteered they carried out their mission and of course the Cylons were right on top of it and they said nope you came into our zone and from there that's that's an act of aggression right going on someone else's if you have an already pre-written agreement of here's our neutral zone here's humans here's Cylons and a human is just popping up in Cylon territory or Cylon space it's like yeah,
0: so and this right happens then, like a dozen yeah. times in Star Trek. It's a it's a yeah. very familiar sci fi concept.
2: Yeah, so hmm. bulldog. I think that
0: bulldog. is yeah. Daniel, yeah bulldog. Lieutenant D- so Daniel Novicek.
2: I think Novich- I think them sending Bulldog into the Cylon territory in space is what started the hostility, and and that's why the Cylons basically prepped for war.
0: They. That incited it, you are correct for sure. really good memory. Yeah, I completely forgot. guys,
2: Baltar basically gives they the used, defenses over.
0: Then they used espionage to yes. get in and, yeah. fi- and plan their attack. So you are, it's, it was, he was just a puppet. Whereas even though he was following orders, uh, Adama sort of incited the whole thing. But again, totally following yeah. orders. So at, at the end of the day, if you follow it all the way back, it would have been the president. It would have been President Adar at the time. president of the colonies giving orders to the military true so yeah kind of crazy
2: yeah and you know again and i don't know all the intricacies of you know military command and what's dished down but you know sometimes like when i think like the president the president doesn't make all the commands and and obviously not the tiny minute ones but they you know he probably was like, okay, we need to somehow get a handle on what the Cylons are doing. How can we do that? Mm-hmm. And then someone under him would would you know formulate sure. some kind of mission His cabinet. Yes, whatever Ooh, it is, yeah. but yeah, in general, the human government that if you had to pick wanted... a person,
0: the president's in charge of the military. Yeah, at least in our government, and it's it's pretty similar in Battlestar. But... There are two
1: characters I'd like to mention that are I, I think we should address a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Caprica Six. Oh yeah, started out kind of like she was a character but she was more of like a she represented the Cylons you know she wasn't right. really a character yeah and she really filled in and became a real character and by the end she was like I feel like she was she was a lot more than what she started as and also yeah. um Helen Ty. like yeah she we kind of Really shit on her. She went from, from least
0: important to arguably one of yeah, the most literally. important. Yeah, Right,
1: right. Yeah. Like, almost overnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caprica yeah.
2: 6 was interesting. And one of the things, as I watched the show, and I would kind of reflect back on earlier parts of the show, I would think about her relationship with Gaius Baltar. Because she was basically, right. she basically loved him. For, for all that she knew what love was, she loved him. And he was a playboy... And, you know, she caught him in bed with another woman or other women, you know, um, and right then and there, like, you kind of see that she's kind of treated like garbage. Mm -hmm. And so whatever feelings that she's having inside, you know, not only does Gaius Baltar give her these, you know, defense, you know, clearances and codes and whatever, he, I think, had an opportunity to make an impression on Caprica 6 as a Cylon and... Show her human compassion and human love, mm-hmm. and because guys Baltar's guys Baltar, that kind of fell through. And I think yeah. I think that anger that she had from her relationship with him is one of the things that you know made her like, okay, you know, next week I want to go see you know the defense things, ooh, whatever. Like I think yeah, that's, that's one it. of the, that's interesting. I think that's one of the things that actually made her like, okay, we do need to kill the humans, yeah, like because I love him but he's a piece of shit or whatever. I don't know.
0: That's, that's a really but good call. But I think
2: call. she, she her her stream of consciousness, data, whatever, I think she really developed into a, a pivotal yep. character who could really reason. And she ends up getting pregnant by Ty. It's great.
0: So I have <laughs> I have a, a couple other questions and I'm going to say them. We don't have to answer them in any particular order or whatever. I'm going to say all three so that I think the power of three people, we can remember these because I will not remember all three of <laughs> them. I want to talk about Favorite episode slash episodes. Um, some of the saddest and or most satisfying deaths. I have answers for both of those. I have answers for all of these. And the nature of what it means to be human versus Cylon and what we think about the ending and all of that stuff. We will save that for the ending. Right. So mm-hmm. now I've planted those ideas. The For the episodes, for me, and just so everybody knows, they're... I don't know how you want to look at it. There are there are 4.5 seasons. It's sort of like a Sopranos thing. I don't know why they did that. It's basically like five seasons. Um, well, volume-wise, not really. They just, they like broke. I think they took a break in the middle of season four. So it like ran as long, but there weren't necessarily more episodes. But in season 4.5, don't quote me, but I'm quite certain these were the episodes My absolute favorite, without a doubt, because I remember watching it and thinking there's nothing that's been this good in this show so far, were The Oath and Blood on the Scales. And they were season 4.5, episodes 15 and 16, or in in the series uh, 68 and 69. And it's when there's a mutiny on board Galactica and Gaeta... uh, What's the word? He mutinies. That's a verb, right? Um, I would say so. I think it is. He mutinies... Mutinate? I don't think so. No. I I don't know. (laughs) It's either that or near. No, a mutineer is one who mutinies. I'm going to check it out. But Gaeta works with the vice president and former terrorist Tom Zarek. And there is this huge two-part episode, basically, where they go through this mutiny. And it ends in the following up my second question... The, in my opinion, the most satisfying deaths of the show where Tom Zarek and Gaeta are both executed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, I mean, Gaeta is a troubled character. You It's like anything else. I can see anybody's perspective or side of things, but there's a right and a wrong way to do things. And he was on the wrong side, oh, as, yeah. especially after Zarek had the quorum executed. Right. Uh, just savagely murdered. Let me say that. And watching Tom's. It, it, Tom Zarek was always a conniving bastard again he's he was a terrorist so him and gata being executed those were my probably my favorite deaths i think off the top of my head one of the saddest deaths was duala killing herself mm, once they thought yeah. they found earth and they didn't it well it was it was the original earth in the scope of the show it was mm-hmm. not like earth as we know it today but it was nuclear wasteland totally irradiated and in uninhabitable And her marriage is in shambles and all these other things. And she goes out on this date with Lee, her separated separated husband. Yeah. Yeah, Never officially divorced. She has a wonderful night. You think everything is fine. And she goes in the room and and blows her head off. And it's like, it's kind of heart wrenching for sure. And she was such an, she was a great character, a good person. And one of the prettiest people in the show for sure. She was gorgeous. And it's, it's, it was just really sad.
1: Yeah definitely so episodes definitely and a sad one um death for me yeah. i feel like uh what was tyrell's wife's name
0: callie, callie. that callie's was, death was oof, dude
1: great you, really i'm so rough. glad
0: we're doing this together cuz i can't mm-hmm. we, yeah. we none of us not one of us can think of everything on our own that yeah. actually was as bad if not worse it was a tough that one was especially fun. because
1: it was definitely like dramatized.
0: Yeah. yeah, And and she kind of had her breakdown in the the airlock and she was trusting of one of the final five Cylons, which was... What's
1: her name? Tori. Tori, yes. Tori. And I think Tori's death might have been uh, one of the most
0: satisfying. Yes! (laughs) These guys are killing it! No, (laughs) hers was the best. Hands down.
2: I'll go in and I'll say, uh, you talking (laughs) about Callie, like, Tori's death was so good. Callie's was
0: the funniest, hers was the best. (laughs) Well,
2: and... and (laughs) If you take it if you take it back, and I'm sorry I'm going on a, like, no, tangent, this is good. but when you look at your past, and you know, obviously hindsight is always twenty twenty, and you look at how life has built upon certain decisions that you've made or characters make in a show, and had Tori not killed Callie, Tyrell would have never killed Tori when mm-hmm. they were all like linked up and shit at the, at the end, the end. Show, yep. and then there would right. have never been the explosion of of craziness and them them like porting away like i i feel like all of that had to happen in yeah. order for them to get right. to the habitable planet at the end of the show
0: predestination is very much a theme of the show yeah and then all and then simultaneously breaking predestination so it's like everything up to a certain point was preordained mm-hmm. and it had to happen a very certain way but then they they make a conscientious decision to oh break the wheel so sick of that expression from game of friends they make a <laughs> a conscientious decision to to stop the cycle and do yeah. something different for once instead of the endless cycle of violence create yeah. cylons right. rise up kill the creators you know just rinse and repeat
2: your last question Cause I don't I don't really have a favorite episode I I think for me the whole experience of the show you know you need every single episode so I'm not gonna say, like some of them were very much not like like there were some the episode, space fillers so I'll, instead of just doing my favorite episode I'll do my least favorite my least favorite nice. episode was the scar episode oh where it was trash Starbuck and you know the, I don't I don't even know her name Oof. she was trying to puff her chest up and she was like oh you know I'm gonna be the top gun buh and so they're like fighting over like this, the Cylon Raider flying through space, and they call him Scar, and he's like killing all these pilots. and uh, yeah, for me that. That, that, episode, yeah. that episode
1: I hated that episode because I'm well, just like, well, it was a filler. For yeah, sure. it was definitely for a filler sure. episode. But, yeah.
2: Um, you
1: it didn't necessarily advance the plot at all. No, it. I <laughs> was just, I a was little just little like, why am I self-contained watching Self-contained episode. Yeah, it was very just much before
0: you do the final question. Do you have any episodes? Not,
1: um. I really liked, uh, you know, the episode that I really liked a lot, which actually wasn't that great after watching a few more episodes, was the one where they initially find Earth or what they think is Earth. And then they, I don't know if they don't really make it clear whether or not that actually was earth. The decimated planet. I think planet. it I think it it was earth, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. in the show. That not that like episode where
1: it finishes. I think it's the end of uh season 4a okay. or whatever. Yeah. Uh where they end with the fleet is like facing earth. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. That was just cool. that whole
0: shot. That I agree. It's really cool. You're really exactly well right. Done. I like that. And
1: in the Goosebumps cat,
0: cat.
2: Cat, that was her her name. name.
0: Racetrack was cool. Racetrack was was annoying. She She was one of my least favorite characters.
2: Yeah, I I didn't like Cat. Cat. Um, But I will say, for her character, even though she was just shitty and annoying, she redeemed her soul by sacrificing herself. Yeah, And I do And I don't remember her death, but I know that she basically... It was when they were shuffling people and they were doing the bouncing... In um that weird solar right. wind, and they're like, yeah. you know, we're really exposed in this whatever this is, and she got lied about ship, how right. much radiation she got, right. and she ended up yeah. dying of radiation poisoning. It just basically ate away at her body, and she did that to save humanity. She did that to save those people on those ships, basically. Yeah, and hundreds, maybe thousands. I think that redeemed her. Yeah,
0: Even totally. Even though she
2: was annoying and horrible. And I think she recognized it because people found out that she was, you know, used to be a drug smuggler and was just a shitty person overall before she faked her way into the military.
0: Yep. Stole somebody's identity. Yeah.
2: I I think she really was trying to... Oh God! What's the word I'm looking for? Like a retribution? Like that was her redemption? Redemption? Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, that. I mean, self sacrifice is the biggest thing that you can you can do for redemption. So I, I definitely agree. Her character was just oh so annoying. Yeah, unbearable at times. But um, and then another character that all three of us loved that I didn't none of us mentioned. Dot Caudle is amazing. Yeah. Oh, the, the, doc, the, yeah. the, the gruff doctor who's just smoking cigarettes He's my all number time. four. <laughs> he, he's, he was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Do we want to do that last question then? Talk about yeah. the Do we have the, time? Yeah, the nature between you know, he, what what it means to be human and are Cylons basically human and the the show ends with them finding a new earth it's not actually earth in the lore of the of the show but as it turns out Battlestar Galactica is basically an origin story of of humanity as we know it in the real world and the Cylons and humans decide to coexist together peacefully and obviously so if you look at it as an origin story that take took place in the past of us like we would all have Cylon and and human ancestry Mm -hmm. and Obviously, because of everything that we talked about before, they they become mortal. They all have their own individual thoughts and personalities. They're anatomically and biologically identical to human beings. Mm -hmm. And it's... Right. It's... Like, to me, at that point, yes, they are for sure human. So where did did they cross over that line? Because you didn't feel that way in the beginning. But they were the same thing, basically. Mm -hmm. Go ahead.
2: Do you have any thoughts first?
1: I would say when the... um... What was the ship that they could... Uh, resurrection ship? resurrection ship. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, maybe when the resurrection ship was destroyed, mm-hmm. they... I think mortality is that final step maybe yeah. in, their, in their process because they, they were trying to grasp love yeah. from the first. That was like their whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. We're missing something. We're just computers. We need to learn how to love and all that. And then they, they kind of got the... You know, they, they experienced all that and everything and... Uh, I think maybe when the uh, the resurrection ship was destroyed. Totally. Maybe. Yeah.
2: In the colony. The, the colony ship that, at the very end. Yeah. That uh, true. yeah or that hidden place or whatever. For me, I wouldn't take it as machine to human. I would say what makes a human a human is, you know, upholding, you know, morals. Like making a moral decision and understanding, okay, uh, this act of you know, stealing or killing somebody just for fun or whatever is immoral. That That's a wrong thing, and I shouldn't be doing that. And to understand, okay, this is a good thing to do. And um, it, it's almost like a navigation of, you know, right versus wrong or good versus evil. And at the beginning of the show, they're basically like bloodthirsty, evil hunters just hunting down humans. And it's like, you know, you look at some of the humans that are on Galactica, or even the Pegasus. Like, I remember when they found the Pegasus, that whole ship was full of evil. I did not like that. And, mm-hmm. and looking at some of the Cylons, and it's like, okay, well, here you have a machine who's doing, like, they're more just and more moral than this whole entire lot of humans. And these are actual humans. And, you know, is this are those humans more human than a, a machine or a Cylon? And it, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think it goes into what makes you a human is your ability to reason and understand good, doing good things and doing not bad things.
0: Okay, so I heard two answers. I heard mortality. Mm-hmm. I heard morality. And then going last, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, um, kind of like an individuality kind of, yeah. Uh, because as soon as you understand morality, you take responsibility, so to speak Mm -hmm. of your actions. And when you take responsibility of your actions, you're not, uh, you're not just following suit with what the group is doing you're holding your it's individual you're, responsibility you're becoming an individual so to yep. speak yeah right right and uh you see that where a lot of the characters kind of become individuals and um uh and that gives them like much more of a, a human element at least yeah. in in your perspective when you're watching
0: the show yeah that's that's a great that that's a great way of looking at it and that's sort, sort of where i was going to go with my answer is I don't necessarily look at it from a standpoint of what makes you human so much as I do what makes you a being. So, you know, for example, nobody knows if if there's aliens or not in in our universe. I, I I for one believe that there there has to be because it's so it's basically infinite. I don't know if there's intelligent life or not, but that's a different conversation, but regardless, to me I think about something like uh, Commander Data from Star Trek. Right. He's a being. Sure. And it's like, he, yeah, he, he is objectively not a human. Uh, he's not a homo sapien, but he's sapient. And I think for me, sapience is what, even whenever they were being malicious, I feel like the, the Cylons had ascended to a level mm-hmm. of almost having a right to be, as yeah. weird as that sounds. You know, if you take something like, a cow not to get into some you know feel or philosophical debate about vegetarianism or anything like that but like a cow is not sapient they're sentient but they're not sapient and that's a huge distinction and cylons especially the skin jobs uh even at some point they they the cylons explained that even the the raiders which are their fighter ships those are part organic and they're sentient, but they're not sapient until a certain point. Yes. They, they, they rewire them. And same with the, the actual Centurion mm-hmm. robot models. Right, right. Like the yeah. metallic ones.
2: And they... Um, yeah, at one point in the show, you see those raiders. They won't shoot down one of the ships because they recognize one of the final five. And you actually see all the raiders retreat and go back to the base star. And they actually they lobotomize the raiders and the skin jobs are upset by that certain ones are upset and they're like you can't do that like that's not correct and they end up taking the centurions and like almost like tearing down walls it's almost like that they had the ability to think cognitively like the skin jobs but they had them gated in mm-hmm. and they just right. went in there like okay you know here now you have access to this this and this and you can make these decisions for yourself like you've been given reasoning and you don't have to take orders from us anymore basically like you're able to think for yourself
0: yeah and right. that, and that's the thing like when you throw around words like genocide which they obviously they do in in the show uh, if they there was one point when they they had a chance to to go in and destroy the resurrection ship earlier on than they actually did and, or no no it was a virus they had they discovered a virus where they literally could have wiped this the cylons out of existence and it's like i get it i understand it i empathize with it i would want to do that too but don't tell me it's not genocide because it is you're taking yeah. out you are wiping out an entire race of sapient beings and again i'm not even saying i'm glad i never had to and hopefully never have to make that decision in my life but it it's definitely to me genocide because they're yeah. sapient beings and that's part of what makes the the show so cool is there's there's a lot of philosophy in it and and again i it's definitely. not all about being human per se because mm-hmm. what, what if tomorrow some something showed up, an alien showed up and they were intelligent life. And obviously whether or not they looked like us or were even bipedal, bipedal or anything like that, if they were sapient, I mean, obviously you're going to have a lot of fundamentalists that are saying that we're superior to them, but like, if they could think, talk, act, react, and and you know, hold, they have ideas and personalities and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. There's nobody in the world that could convince me that that we're superior to them. We'd be equal at least for sure. You know, well, but
2: and in, in that conversation, too, in, in terms of equality, it, there's, there's no way. Because that, that would be like comparing an apple to an apple and saying which of these apples is bigger, juicier, and more delicious. That would be like comparing an apple to an orange. If if, if, a, if a sapient being came from outer space and landed on our doorstep and was trying to say hi to us, mm-hmm. that would be comparing us apples to them oranges, Yes, they are both fruit. Yes, they both have, you know, whatever properties, whatever. But at the same time, an alien is growing up on a different planet, has developed on a different planet, has gone through its own historical development that made it what it is at that very moment. And so did humans. There's no way mm-hmm. that you can compare the two of them. And, and by just, the there's way, no way,
0: by virtue of the fact that they got here, they'd be superior to us. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> So that's <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, yeah. thing. Right. I think, I right.
2: think the, big, the big thing at the end of the day is... If that alien's showing up and just being a neutral showing up, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. If that alien's trying to show up and kill us, that's not okay, and we have to fight back. Because yeah. we, as living beings,
0: we have as humans, we have the right to self-preservation. We have the
2: right to preserve ourselves, and um, I think if that gets threatened, you have every right to say no.
0: Basically, I'm, I'm just extending an olive branch. Uh, I'm going to make a Craft Heads podcast, a golden record like they sent with Voyager. And I'm just going to send it out into space so that <laughs> so that they spare just us. Slim whenever the off the edge the We'll exactly. say, hey,
2: we reside
1: at uh, I'm, I'm gonna this get, address. I'm going
0: to get one of those big uh, water <laughs> balloon launchers and just fling a CHP golden record in the space.
1: Beg Elon Musk to, to take it up for you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Put a balloon on it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's. I mean, this is one of those topics we could talk about. We could have a series of ten episodes. We're going to have one. But I think that's everything. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. yeah. I don't show. I don't know who this episode is for. Uh, because people who want to watch it but haven't, might not want to have anything spoiled. There are some people who wouldn't care, and maybe it would spur them to watch it. And we also mm-hmm. use so many different names that it might get a little mixed up, which would be good for them. I think mostly this episode is for now. People like us, most specifically people like me who have seen the show before, especially if it was a long time ago, and they want to reminisce. I say that because uh, Collins Last Stand did a, uh, a Sopranos episode. And it's actually where I got the idea to do the BSG one because I was like, oh my God, it was so cool hearing those guys talk about the Sopranos. And I hadn't watched it in a long time. Um, but of course now... That's the next show that we started with our neighbors, James and John. So at some point in the future, there will be a Sopranos episode for all yeah. of you, you big fans out there. We'll get John but. Boy. Yeah, and John we'll can join on that get, one, we'll too. We'll finally get John on yeah. podcast. Yeah. Right, so. Uh, the moral of the story in this podcast is uh, watch The Sopranos. But no. Right. Getting <laughs> <laughs> aside, Battlestar Galactica is a really awesome, awesome show. I never watched the original.
2: I would, I actually thought as soon as we finished it, I enjoyed this one so much. I would really, really enjoy seeing what the original looked like. And I, because I know yeah. what you've, you've I've watched you've, bits
1: and pieces of it. Yeah. I recently watched the first pilot episode of yeah. it. And it was very good. And I could see where the, the modern day BSG comes from. I do, wise. I do
0: think generally this one is regarded as better. You know, they, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, with a with a totally unfair advantage, and the other, I think the other one's more nostalgic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, who right. grew up in that era and like well, they were plus, watching. Plus, TV were younger. was
1: such a different thing back then. Exactly, it was yeah. like a you know yeah. an episode by episode type it's, of thing.
0: It's know? a totally unfair comparison, but if if you're gonna watch One and Only One without having seen the original, I can pretty safely recommend watching. I mean, this one's old. This is 15 years old now. Yeah, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's probably the the best way, especially for most people who are going to be listening to this episode. Yeah. So, right. Thank you both for joining.
1: Thank you for having. That us. was really awesome. For
2: us. I was trying to think of a toast at the beginning when we were cheersing. and remember the the one we came up with? And maybe we were drunk and we thought of it. Wasn't it Tahoshi meeting the battle star?
0: It, uh, it was a base star. Base. It was the base like Tahoshi like, H- meeting the base Lieutenant star. Lieutenant Hoshi. <laughs> Something the base star. Yeah, getting yeah. control over whatever. It was just a random line that we heard in a random episode, and we were drunk, so yes, we toasted to that. And Lieutenant Hoshi was awesome.
2: Yeah, he yes, was he being Who's president for. He was. No, or no Admiral. Admiral. He was Temporarily. Admiral for a very, very, very short stay yeah. at the end of the show.
0: That's one of those little quick things that anytime I'm talking to somebody about Battlestar, especially when they're early on on the show, I have to remember to refer to Adama as commander. Yes. Adama, True. because he makes yeah. Admiral pretty, pretty like halfway in, yeah. maybe I don't know, and we didn't spend enough time on Adama, and we're wrapping up. My God, what what a a memorable character he was. Admiral Adama is the picture of just greatness.
2: Admiral yeah. Adama is my dad.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> is. He is your dad. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> they have similar mannerisms. They have faces carved of wood. It's very, it's, it's, I love it. It's so good. Very yeah. honorable men, yep. like through and through. It's, but uh, Admiral Adama alone is worth watching the show for because yes. he he does so many things that you're just sitting there like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just feels so good. Right. Well, thanks again, guys. So Absolutely. say we all. So say so we all. So say we all.